0: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, brewers, badgers, bucks, the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: I was just bummed yesterday. I'm bummed today! And the Bucks lost. That's a bummer. Don't get me wrong, the timing of everything is a bummer as well. Because <laughs> Of great sports on this weekend, NBA games, playoff games, of course, first round. But the Brewers were awesome, most notably, friend of show Wade Miley pitched a gem yesterday. I would love to talk about Wade Miley for a half hour tonight. We still might, we still might talk about Wade Miley for a half hour tonight because Wade Miley's awesome. We love Wade Miley. Little bummed that Wade Miley's gem, at least in the Milwaukee and Wisconsin sports sphere going to get buried a little bit by Giannis's injury and the Bucks losing another game one. That's what they do. Nothing that happened yesterday should be that surprising. It's a bummer that it happened, and it's a, a worrying bummer that Giannis got hurt. But that was a, a very Bucks loss. It was a very Bucks thing to do. And poor Wade Miley is out in San Diego shutting down Juan Soto, Trent Grisham, Manny Machado, just for seven or eight innings, just cooking. He's out there shoving, and we're all bitching about the blue court and how the NBA needs to fix the ch- the charge rules. Poor Wade Miley, but you know what? Wade Miley's not bothered. I doubt he cares because that's the kind of guy Wade Miley is. This is the Wisco Sports Show, the number one Wade Miley show in the state of Wisconsin. Also, the number, one, <laughs> the number one show to talk bucks. I'm just assigning that crown to this show. You know this. This is the home of the NBA Lounge. No one talks about Bucks regular season games the way that we do on this show. We probably talk about them too much on this show. But that just means we're studied. We're prepared. We're ready for this time of year when the real thing starts, when the playoffs start. And they did this weekend the Bucks lost game one. It's what they do. Shouldn't, shouldn't be that shocked by it. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you uh, had some type of experience like me. I went fly fishing on Saturday morning. I went to Viroqua. And buzzing, by the way, about the upcoming Bill Michaels uh, Open, Bill Michaels Invitational, Bill Michaels Scramble. I don't, I don't remember the exact nomenclature, uh, but buzzing about the arrival of the big unit and about Ben Kenny. A lot of Ben Kenny fans down in the Driftless region in Viroqua. Yeah, I, I could feel the tangible buzz. So I was in Viroqua on Saturday. I went fly fishing. I thought I was going to get sunburned. That's how, that's how hot the sun was. I left my apartment. It was chilly. I wore a hoodie, I wore jeans right? Boots. I get to the stream. I, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm going to get a sunburn. And then I got rained on and then driving back to lacrosse. And then I went out to a bar with some friends. I'm like it's chilly. I got to put a jacket on. And then yesterday we got a bunch of snow. So the weather represented and I think mirrored my emotions of this weekend, thinking the Bucks were going to cruise to a four game sweep. And then they didn't. And then Giannis got hurt. That was the the proverbial snowfall on my sports emotions this weekend. I want to talk about the Bucks losing to the heat. That's going to be a lot of our discussion tonight. I'm down to talk a little Brewers as well, though, because that series was awesome. And I feel like we should, if nothing else, celebrate Wade Miley's Cy Young-like performance yesterday. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. And I'm on Twitter, always, at Wisco Grant. Not just during the show, but if you're watching the Bucks game, if you're watching the Brewers game, if you're watching the Kings game tonight, let's go. This is also the number one Wisconsin sports radio show uh, to talk Sacramento Kings. And you're like, why the hell would you talk Kings? We've been preparing for this series, this playoffs for years because the Kings have been my West Coast team and, and a frequent visitor, a frequent subject in the NBA lounge. So we're ready for a Bucks playoff run. We're ready for a Kings playoff run. This show is built for this week. Talking Wade Miley, talking Sacramento Kings, and talking Milwaukee Bucks. So if you're watching the Kings game tonight, let's go back and forth on Twitter. I already can't wait. Kings Warriors at 9 o'clock. It would be nice to kick back a little bit and not worry about the Bucs. At least for a few hours. So you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Twitter is going to be a buzz for Kings Warriors tonight. We'll start with the Bucks. They lost 130 to 117. Now, a lot of folks and a lot of Bucks fans are going to compare yesterday's Bucks loss to the series in the bubble, right? Which was two matchups ago. The Bucks played the Heat in route to winning a title in 2020, 2021. And they played the Heat in the second round in 2019. 2020 remember in in the bubble they beat the magic kind of underwhelmingly as underwhelmingly as you can win a series in five games and then they lost to the heat in the second round in a series that Giannis got hurt but the bucks really were never there they never really had it that wasn't their series next year they go on to play him in the first round and they sweep them. game one was close went to overtime the rest of the series was not close and, and i think at least through one game fans and, and analysts and and people who have paid attention to the bucks in any capacity Yesterday, we're reminded of the matchup in the bubble, right? Because what do we remember about that series in the bubble? We remember it was played at Disney. We remember that it doesn't count, or at least we should. It counts to a degree, but you know what I mean. We remember that the heat shot the lights out from three. Duncan Robinson, I saw that man in my dreams. Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk. It's like, oh my God, why are these white guys ruining my summer? That's all I remember. I was... I rate about the heat and the way they shot the lights out from three in 2020 in the bubble. I remember Jimmy Butler being unbelievable in that series. I had a, a really poor take going into game one. I said the, the Bucks should let Jimmy Butler try to beat them. Let Jimmy Butler try to do it all himself and, and take away everybody else. Take away the three-point line. If Jimmy Butler goes for 40, that's fine. The Bucks can still win. Problem was Jimmy Butler went for 40 and everyone else got theirs. Jimmy Butler was maybe the best player in the bubble that year. He was unstoppable. Some of the things that we remember from the bubble. And while the Heat hit a lot of threes yesterday, like they did in the bubble, and while Jimmy Butler scored 35 and looked very similar to bubble Jimmy Butler, I don't think 2020 is a good comparison for this series, at least through one game. The comparison that I thought of yesterday was game four versus the Hawks in 2021. Now, remember the Bucks title run in 2020-2021 went 2020, Heat in four, Nets in seven, and then Hawks in six. And Giannis got hurt in game four of that series against the Hawks. And at the time, the Bucs were up two to one, and they were looking to really grab a hold of the series, go up three to one, and be well on their way to the finals. Then Giannis gets hurt. And it was that game, it was game four that I was thinking about yesterday. I remember that game very well. Bucks had a chance, we were all fired up, and then the Bucks came out flat in a game where the Hawks didn't have Trey Young, and we're like, oh my God, what is happening? They were down 51-38 at halftime. And then Giannis gets hurt in the third quarter. And the third quarter gets bad. And I remember fans, Bucks fans, being super mad about that game. Because the effort and the energy wasn't there at the beginning. They came out a little flat. And we thought, oh, Bucks up 2-1. Yeah, they're going into Atlanta, but the Hawks don't have Trey Young. This will be not an easy win, but they should win this game. They should go up 3-1, and the series should really start to, to move the way of Milwaukee, and, and they should really start closing this out. And the Bucs came out sluggish. Now, I, I think I argued at the time that the Hawks were coming out desperate. And you can't fake desperation. So the Hawks came out hot in the first and second quarter. And I think the Bucks started to reel it back in in the third. The problem was Giannis got hurt. That was the game that he hyperextended his knee. It looked really bad. We were all sick to our stomach. I felt that the Bucks would have won game four against the Hawks to go up 3-1. to one, If not for Giannis's injury. I feel the same about last night's game. If Giannis doesn't get hurt yesterday, I feel like the Bucs reel that game in and they win. I'm not even sure it would have been close. I'm I'm not even sure it would have came down to the wire. I think if Giannis just simply is out there and healthy and plays an average game yesterday, the Bucs win. That's why it reminded me of that game against the Hawks in 2021. I mean, think about it. The Heat hit 60% of their three-point shots. They hit 60% of their threes yesterday. And I still think the Bucks would have won with a healthy Giannis. The Heat got 18 from the corpse of Kevin Love. Raise your hand if you learned yesterday that Kevin Love was on the Miami Heat. I'm sure it's some of you. And that's fine. I don't like watching the Heat. They're not a team that I, I sought out a lot on League Pass this year. They're on ESPN or TNT. Eh, it's the Heat. Whatever. Heat are kind of mid. They're kind of average. You might have learned yesterday that Kevin Love is now on Miami. And he scored 18 points because, of course, he did. And I think the Bucs still win that game despite what Kevin Love did if Giannis is simply out there and healthy. The Bucs got, my opinion, a really bad whistle in the first half. I thought Drew got stuck with a really tough foul. I thought Giannis got called for a block when it seemed like an obvious charge. And then on the other end, Giannis got called for a charge that looked really similar to the whistle that went the other way. Whatever. Then Joe Ingles in the second half. It looked like the, the refs were just like, we're not letting the Bucks flop and get calls. Whatever. Despite the three-point shooting, despite Kevin Love's renaissance, and despite what I thought was a bum whistle, you could disagree, I thought it was a bum whistle, I still think the Bucs win that game if Giannis is just healthy and out there. I don't think Giannis has to go for 40 or 50 points. I don't think he has to have a triple-double. I think if he's just out there yesterday, the Bucks win. I think 90% of yesterday's game is simply Giannis getting hurt. And I know a lot of fans and a lot of analysts will yell about this and complain about that and defense and three-point defense and rim protection and free throws and fouls and offense and turnovers and fast break points and adjustments or lack of adjustments by bud. Yeah, fans and analysts are going to talk about all that stuff. But I think 90% of the story of this game is just Giannis getting hurt. And we hope he's back on Wednesday. And we'll talk about what Giannis is... Presence or absence means for Wednesday's game when we know more about Giannis's status, although it seems to be trending in the right direction. As far as yesterday's game goes, 90% of the analysis of yesterday's game is Giannis getting hurt. It's it's not very interesting. It's kind of a bummer, but I, it's what happened yesterday. Now, that doesn't mean we can't talk about some of the other things that happened, because this is a really interesting basketball game. Right, The defense, the matchups, the rotations, the adjustments, or lack thereof from Coach Bud, because everybody wants to talk about adjustments. I love talking about all that stuff. That's why I love playoffs in baseball and playoffs in basketball, right? Because in the NFL, we treat every game like it's life or death, even if it's week four against the Lions, because in a sense, all those games are life or death. There's only 17 of them. You only play once a week. Every game means so much. Now in baseball, eh, are we getting mad about the lineup every day? Why the hell is Jesse Winker hitting second? We don't, whatever. We kind of let that come and go because the season is so long. And there's so many games. However, when you get into the playoffs, then then every spot of that lineup is so precious. The things throughout the regular season that have been kind of mundane, we haven't really paid attention to, all of a sudden they're life and death. And that's what's really fun about the baseball playoffs. It's also what sucks because you can have a magical season for 162 games and then you can have two or three bad games and you're done and you're like, what happened? That sucks. It's sad. Yeah, that's the brutality of the baseball playoffs. It's very similar in the NBA, right? Starting lineup night to night, minute distribution, matchups, defensive strategies. We pay attention to them, or, or I do. People who watch the NBA a little bit more closely, maybe you watch from a distance. But in the playoffs, oh my God, every minute, every substitution, every defensive strategy, everything matters. Things that we were taking for granted two months ago, we're now obsessed over. I, I can't go to sleep because I'm thinking about Bud substitution choices. That's why baseball playoffs are fun. That's why the NBA playoffs are fun. And it's fun to talk about this stuff, right? Whether it's The defense or the matchups or all the little things other than Giannis getting hurt, which I think is the big story of this game. Like I said, I think it's 90% Giannis getting hurt. This is the way that I am thinking about yesterday's game and the rest of the Heat series and the playoffs moving forward, right? I really like nature documentaries. We talked about this with Ben Kenny last week when he joined the show on Thursday night right before Kenny and Heilpern. And we were talking about the beach and we were talking about that, that installment of Planet Earth or... Was it We Are Planet Earth or w- whichever one it was? It was one of, the, one of the documentaries narrated by David Attenborough. And we were talking about the walruses jumping off the cliff. Remember this from last Thursday? Well, I really love the underwater episodes of Planet Earth. Those are my favorite. I love the coral reef segment always. There's always 20, 30 minutes on the coral reef. And life on the coral reef, it's like the New York City of the ocean, right? Millions of organisms, And they all relate to each other in in one way or another. The coral needs the sun, but so do the plants. So the plants grow on the coral, but the coral like eat the dead plants. And then the fish come through and they poop. And then the plants eat the dead fish. And then the shark comes through and eats the fish. And then the shark gets cleaned by the little, right? Everything's related. And if you take one little fish out or one little creature out, or if a little sun gets blocked, it's a chain reaction. And everything is impacted, right? I like thinking of this playoff series against the Heat. And then the playoffs moving forward, second round, third round, NBA finals. It's a big coral reef. Right? And right now, it seems like this big chaotic mess. You got Brooklyn and Philly. And I, I doubt many people watched that game on Saturday. I didn't catch it because I was fishing. Golden State, Sacramento, that's on the other side of the world. That's miles away. Different conference, different teams. Mike Brown and the Golden One Center light the beam, whatever. Cavs, Knicks, all of these series, but it's all related, right? All of these games are related to each other. An injury that happens in one series can really impact another series in a couple of weeks. We don't know the different paths that these teams and these players are going to take, the choices that the coaches are going to make. And one little change here can have a ripple effect here and there and everywhere. And it was really evident in yesterday's Bucks game. I don't know what Vegas would set the line at if it was a Giannis-less Bucs team versus a Tyler Hero less heat team, right? I don't know what the line would be going into that game. Part of me thinks if the games in Milwaukee, the Bucs would still be favored even without Giannis, but that's not the situation we had yesterday. We had a situation where Giannis was pulled out of the game mid game, right? And now all of a sudden, all of the different moving parts have to react to that. And it would be like if the big shark, the apex predator all of a sudden disappears from the coral reef. And now the clownfish are looking around. What's going on here? He got a big school of red snapper, I don't know, whatever kind of fish. They're like, oh, we're, we're, we're kind of good now. We don't have to worry about this. And then the plants are like, wow, oh, there's a lot of fish because the sharks are gone. And then the coral is like, ah, oh, there's a lot of plants. I'm not getting lost. Right? There's a chain reaction. So when Giannis leaves the game, that changes the defensive assignments for Brooke Lopez. All of a sudden, Brooke's got to do a little bit more because he doesn't have Giannis, who's this crazy unbelievable, impactful help side defender. Brooke has more on his plate. Now Drew Holiday's defensive assignment might switch, right? Drew Holiday might have been guarding Jimmy Butler. Maybe now they stick Chris Middleton on on Jimmy Butler because they need more offense from Drew, so they try to give Drew a break. Maybe they put Drew Holiday on, I don't know, Kevin Love, fill in the blank. Now Chris Middleton's realizing, well, I got to take more shots because if Giannis isn't out here, I got to do more. So I'm going to be more aggressive. And I think yesterday maybe that caused Chris Middleton to, yeah, score a lot of points. He had 33 points, but he also had five turnovers and a couple of other plays that may not have went down as turnovers, but really, really hampered the Bucks. And now Coach Bud is trying to figure out on the fly, what are my rotations like? Who do I need to have on the floor at all times? Do I need a Chris Middleton or a Drew Holiday? One of those two? Can they, can they both be on the bench at any point? So everything's scrambling, right? These playoff series, these playoff games in these teams, it's a massive ecosystem and everyone's relying on each other. The game plan, especially with Giannis, is very specific because Giannis is not only the best player in the league he's the most impactful player in the league like Nikola Jokic is unbelievable on offense he doesn't really do a whole lot on defense right Giannis does a ton on offense and a ton on defense the Bucks have this this crazy game plan on both sides of the floor all stemming from what Giannis can do that's taken away so now they're scrambling Chris Middleton's got to do this Drew Holiday's got to do this and I think in that scramble, in that mad dash to try to recover and react from Giannis's injury, I think the Bucks made a couple of errors here and there that are all correctable, right? They can fix all of them in the instance that they have to play another game without Giannis, but they're mistakes nonetheless. And we can talk about some of these little things, because that's what makes the playoffs interesting. I want to do that coming up next. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show and talk Bucks, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you want to tweet, if you want to DM Plenty of ways to involve yourself with the show and talk about this Bucks loss 130, 117. We'll be back the Wisco Sports Show in three minutes.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope the snow didn't put too much of a damper on whatever it is you wanted to do. you were trying to do. I got out and did a little fly fishing on Saturday. met some friends. Overall, a good weekend. Basically, I was on the couch all day yesterday. anyways, because there's basketball on all day. The Brewers run. So yeah, I kind of sucked that it snowed, but I don't think I was I don't think I was going out and going for a run. Anyways, I wasn't getting out and doing yard work yesterday. Anyways, whatever. Snow will melt before too long. We don't need to complain about it too much. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I got a DM here from a G-Dub. And it's something that I want to discuss for a minute or two here before we get to the phones. Cone Roller, I see you. I will be right there. G-Dub messaged in and pushed back on something that I said. I said, we can complain about the three-point shooting of Miami and Jimmy Butler going nuts and this, that, the other thing. I think if Giannis just plays yesterday, the Bucs win. The Heat are not that good. Doesn't mean they can't hit threes. Doesn't mean that Bam or Jimmy or Max Struis or Gabe Vincent can't have good games. They can. They're still an NBA team. And unlike most eight seeds, the Heat are a team that's done it before. They've had playoff success. They have a certain level of confidence that the Magic didn't a couple of years ago, that the Pistons, right, other first-round opponents, the Bucs, I think it was mostly Giannis. And Gino pushed back. He says, Grant, no way the Bucs could overcome 60% shooting. That's an L even with Giannis playing. This is why I don't really love the comparisons to the bubble. Everyone wants to talk about Bucks heat in the bubble a couple of years ago. I don't think it's a good comparison. Because in the bubble, and back in 2019, 2020, the Bucks defensive strategy was to give up a lot of threes. Above the break threes, wing threes. give up quantity. And then the Heat would hit them, or the Magic would hit them. These teams were knocking them down. Now, the Bucs gave up threes yesterday. Threes went in, but Miami only took 25 threes. That's a really low number. The Bucs took 45. The Bucs took 45 threes yesterday. The Heat took 25. The Bucs were very successful in limiting three-point attempts, which is a big point of emphasis this year. 25 three-point attempts. If that's what the Heat averaged on a per-game basis, they would be last in the NBA by over three attempts. The last team in the NBA in three-point attempts this year was the Chicago Bulls, twenty-eight. So, yes, the Heat did have a very good three-point shooting day yesterday, and they had some open looks. But this is not 2020, where teams were taking 45 threes, and 30 of them were uncontested, and they were putting in 25. No, 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 60% is not good, but the Heat only shot 25 threes. That's nothing in 2022. I actually thought the rim defense and the paint defense was a much bigger concern, understandably, because Giannis got hurt. That's a big part of his game. We can talk more about that. Don't let the sixty percent freak you out because it's a little misleading relative to the the concerns of three-point shooting we had a couple of years ago. Okay, Cone Roller, 608-7962558. What's up, Cone?
2: What's up, Grant? Hope you had a nice weekend. Um, you're starting to sound a little bit like Bukowski with uh bringing up the heat shooting sixty percent and how that's not gonna be sustainable. No, it, it could happen again. Like they could hit
1: they could hit sixty percent of their threes again. What I'm pointing out is the Bucks don't the Bucks don't give up threes like they used to. They limit attempts. Problem is yesterday, the Heat just hit them. Like, 60% on 25 attempts really isn't that many points. Like, I, I thought the paint defense was a much bigger concern because late Jimmy and Bam and all these guys were getting to the rack. This could happen again. I, I don't mean to say that this game is a one-off and it won't happen again. Lots of teams, for whatever reason, just get hot against the Bucs.
2: Yeah, I mean, Jimmy was getting pretty much anything he wanted inside the arc, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a little concerning. But I think you do have to chalk it up to Giannis being gone. I mean, that kind of throws a whole wrench in their whole system. So I'm hoping and I'm pretty sure he's going to play on Wednesday. But if he doesn't, you got to expect Bud to have a, a new game plan going in, yeah. utilizing the players available. They, they're not just going to fall back on the – you know, the system that's worked all year, no. especially without Giannis. So we'll see what Bud's made of on Wednesday, pending a Giannis, you know, if he's playing or not.
1: I mean, if we hear that Giannis isn't going to play, like if that comes out tomorrow morning, I'm really curious to see what the betting line will be. Like, like what does Vegas set a line at a, a, a Bucks team without Giannis versus a Miami Heat team without Tyler Hero? Like, are the Bucks still favored? They're at home, which might play a little, are they still favored? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I think they'd probably be three and a half, four and a half point favorites, side to guess. It'd be small, but I but I
1: still think the Bucks would be expected to win, especially, like, they should be a little bit more aggressive. Desperate's the wrong word, because there's only been one game, but, like, how many times have we seen this? The good team loses a frustrating game one and then come back in game two, and you're like, oh, yeah, the Bucks are way better. Or, like, if the Warriors smoke the Kings tonight, are you going to be surprised? No, because sometimes games, game one is weird and we overreact, and then... The other team comes back in game two and reminds us why they're the better team.
2: And you know why is this game on Wednesday? Why isn't it tomorrow? I don't. I don't don't, get that. It's very frustrating because you know we we have the Kings and Warriors tonight after a one day break, but now we're waiting two days for the Bucks Heat. It's just I just don't get it.
1: I don't get why the rest period gets shorter. As the postseason goes along. I mean, I mean, I get it. It's, it's probably due to television reasons, right? Because there's so many games. Yeah. You need the space to fit them all in. Because I don't think they're playing two games at once. I think these are all standalone. I could be very wrong on that. But, like, as the postseason gets later, I would rather have two NBA Finals teams who've been playing for a month and a half straight. I want those teams to get a chance to get rested. The Bucs don't need rest right now. The Heat don't need rest. Like, they, they kind of had that awkward week and a half at the end of the year to kind of mellow out I don't understand why they give them three days at the beginning of the playoffs and then that shortens up later on. It seems backwards, but it's probably TV.
2: Yeah, there's, there's a reason for everything. Um, but, yeah, I think Wednesday, if the Bucks don't win, then I think we, we should start being concerned yes. um, with this team and especially with Coach Bud, I think it's kind of similar to, you know, Wednesday, if we don't have Giannis, we can make a clear judgment on Mike Budenholzer as coach of the Milwaukee Bucks kind of similar to this upcoming Packers season where okay he they got their guy in Jordan Love playing. We can make now make a clear, clear yeah. assessment on Matt LaFleur as head coach of this team as well.
0: Uh, before
1: you go, Cohen, do you want to talk about succession for a minute? Do you have anything to say?
2: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you at the end if if you got any time for succession talk. Thought it was a great episode, yep. you know, coming out of the backlash that happened last week. Uh, a lot of chess pieces moving and shaking. Um, but I didn't actually watch the preview that they showed for next week. I never. I do. think it's is, is it the I think it's the negotiation. They go to Sweden and they meet with uh, the Gojo person well, for a full blown negotiation. Th- this is
1: what's frustrating me about Succession. If I had one complaint about this season so far, it would be that the show created all these really fun characters, like like uh, Jared Menken, the guy who it seems like is about to be elected president. He's so awesome. Like I would watch a full episode with just him. Like, he is so interesting to me. Lucas Matson, who's played by Skarsgård, like, he's really interesting. And we haven't seen him at all this season. It was nice that Stewie was back, because I really like Stewie. And it was nice that we got some Carl it. and Frank run. I like some other characters being worked in last night. Yeah, I so
2: think you had two, two good moments, um, which I tweeted at you, but... Yeah. The first one being when the kids are kind of deciphering the obituaries about <laughs> how Logan Roy was a, a man of his generation. Racist. A.K.A. Yeah. meaning he was racist. <laughs> and then the one where uh, Tom and Greg are having that little side conversation in that, that nice dining room.
1: That was really cool. Uh,
2: just, that was they cool. just cracked me up together.
1: Well, think about it. Greg is, like, really the only person Tom can be honest in himself around. Like, he can't, Shiv won't accept him. No one else likes him. Like, he tried to reach out to Kendall. I think Kendall likes him, but Kendall's kind of just this walking corpse. He doesn't give Tom much. It's really just Greg. So I, I think we that's when we see Tom, like, in his most genuine is when he's just boobing around with Greg. And it's funny.
2: And did I miss this? But Shiv got a call from that doctor. Is she is she pregnant with I, Tom's I, baby? I, I think
1: I she's got to be pregnant. I, I think that's only what it is. Unless she's having some. I thought at first maybe she was having some scary medical issue. I kind of Googled around today, and it seems like she's pregnant, but we don't know with who.
2: I don't know. And that that had to be the first time they really, like, yeah. said anything into the plot about it because I don't remember. Okay, Well, now okay. you
1: go back and you look at then. some footage from Connor's wedding, and she doesn't take the champagne, and, like, there are breadcrumbs. But nothing that you would ever pick up on until you go back and you, you know, Taylor Swift fan style, look for the little Easter eggs throughout the show.
2: And I think the most underrated character coming down the stretch here is going to be Marsha. Oh. She showed her a little, you know, we haven't seen her in what, a couple, all season at least. And then no. I don't know when we last saw her in season three, but she's definitely going to be scheming something. Like, I love her. She's you flipping the penthouse at the wake. I mean, what else she got up her sleeve?
1: I, I felt bad for Carrie, but also like, I don't know, it's a cutthroat world. Like, sorry, sorry, your guy's not around anymore. That was, that was brutal to watch.
2: Oh my God! Yeah, sorry, Carrie. Your man died before your name got in the will. Yeah, sorry to hear it. That sucks. I think she's S.O.L.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I got to talk more about this depressing Bucks loss, Cone, I'm going to let you go. We will. Uh, we will talk more about succession. I'm sure.
2: Yep, absolutely. Go Bucks. Go Brewers. And screw the Packers. Sick of hearing of them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thank
1: you, cone We talked a little Packers earlier on the Bill Michaels show today. That was probably enough. Let's take a five-minute break. Sorry if you're not into Succession or the HBO world in general. Barry's back last night. When am I supposed to have time to watch all this stuff? Barry came... I thought Barry had another week. And they came back with a double feature for a premiere. I'm like, I don't... I I can't watch this. I have to watch the Kings tonight. I don't have... No time. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. Talk more Bucks Heat after this on the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bill's... On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show, talking Bucks, Heat, Brewers had an awesome weekend too. Capped off by Wade Miley's Gem yesterday. That was fun to watch. After Giannis got hurt, I switched over to the Brewer game. I was going back and forth, but I did watch Devin Williams' entire ninth inning, which gave me a lot of anxiety because he loaded the bases, but then it also gave me anxiety to know that in the back of my mind, the Bucks were playing, and I was missing what was happening, and Giannis was hurt. This was a stressful afternoon yesterday. It wasn't a relaxing experience. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to join the show, call or text. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Tony in Texas is here. Tony, hello. How are you?
2: Grant, I did not know you had a degree in marine biology from Florida Atlantic. I thought you you went to La Crosse or something. Well,
1: you know, first of all, UW-La Crosse is a very well-rounded university, both in the arts and the sciences. So I I may have studied some marine biology my time. No, I never once set foot in the the science building, but I do watch a lot of nature documentaries. So there is that.
2: Yeah, very educational. (laughs) So I got to give you props, man, That, that Wade Miley, I don't know if you talked about it before, but that that you sent out that he was gonna pitch a gem of a game wow. you are at Nostradamus my friend I gotta take you to Vegas that was unbelievable wait I'm a huge Wade Miley fan been a Wade Miley guy for 10 years since I've had him in fantasy baseball what a performance by Miley I know this is a Bucks day but man those brewers if they if they get the pitching like that that was just amazing by Miley
1: well and Freddie Peralta really had his first stinker of the year and I don't know that it was a stinker. It was close for a while. He definitely didn't have his best stuff. But, like, early on, Corbin Burns has been great. Brandon Woodruff's been hurt. But Freddie Peralta looks like a star. You know, a little rough this weekend. And Wade Miley looks like he's everything you could have hoped for in that fifth starter.
2: Yeah, you need guys like that. Back, remember, like, when they had Randy Wolf, Guys like that. <laughs> those, those guys that'll just eat up the innings, gut it out. That veteran lefty. I love the old veteran lefty That's just... It's not his last year or two, but you know what? He'll get you 11, 12 wins and six, seven innings, and, and that's Miley, man. He's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. So, yeah, props to you, Grant, though. Where, where, where's your, where did that come from, your gut? Like, how would you know that? Well, I just
1: have a lot of belief in Wade Miley because Wade's a good pitcher.
0: Wade's a good pitcher. Yeah,
1: thank you, Craig. I, Tony, I got to ask you because Wade is a veteran, and he's fifth in the rotation. And over the years, we've seen the Brewers kind of use that last spot in the rotation maybe for the youngest guy the guy they're trying to develop Mm. you coach basketball i know you coach aau do you ever have it where maybe one of your older experienced players is coming off the bench that's kind of nice right to be able to go to an older maybe a more veteran player later in the game or or in in the case of baseball in that fifth spot in the rotation sometimes it's nice for your depth to be a little older a little wiser like wade Miley.
2: yeah you know what the experience matters grant good analogy You know, when you start flipping guys in basketball, you want to kind of the person that's going to make things steady, not panic, relax everyone. And in baseball, that's kind of what it is with the pitcher. I don't even growing up playing my own when I was playing AU baseball and and high school baseball. When the when you had a good pitcher, an experienced pitcher, you felt good about things. But if you had this hot shot kid that you didn't know much about, and he's kind of throwing the ball all over the place, then yeah, you know that that really rattles the rest of the team, and they think they got to score seven eight runs and and the Brewers just and they only scored one, but it was enough. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a trickle-down effect, Grant. You're absolutely right. And, by the way, my AU team did win, Grant. We won this huge tournament, oh. five games, went 5-0, and oh. unbelievable. Uh, my team has is, is got a lot of hard grit. we got skill. We're not big, but we beat a bunch mm-hmm. of dudes that are like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and these are 14- and 15-year-olds, unbelievable. So I missed the Bucks game. I can't talk about the Bucs, don't know anything about what happened. But I do know that Jimmy Butler went off. And can we confirm if Rachel Nichols was in Milwaukee? Because what is up with Butler going off like that, Grant? I did not see. Well, he played in Marquette, too. So there's that.
1: There's a couple different angles with Jimmy Butler. Did he Butler. go
2: to real chili in Marquette or by the campus? I don't. I know all the spots over there. What happened? Did he go know. to the Harp? I mean, he went off.
1: I don't know, dude. I I would love to go watch a Bucks game at the Harp out on the patio. A nice Sunday afternoon game. Just slam some – get Such a bucket a of beers by the river. Absolutely.
2: Oh, Right oh, by the funny. Milwaukee River, Grant. You you know the spots. Absolutely, Grant. Grant, I will be in town in Milwaukee next weekend. Hopefully you're in town, too. But, uh, actually, you know, I enjoy your show. I'm driving to Oklahoma City right now, so I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. And, and you have a great rest of your day, buddy. Keep those predictions up. What, what's your next big prediction? Grant needs more takes. Wait. I don't want any of this, like, uh, uh, like I'm not going to have a take, you know, thing. Make a take. Give we, me a good one. Wade Miley will also
1: be good the next time he pitches. Can I just, can I say it again?
2: Oh, Okay, are you taking your Kings tonight, or are you taking the Warriors? Uh, I feel like the Warriors are probably going to win. I am with you on that one. All right, Grant, keep it going. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Have a good one. I appreciate the
1: call. And I will I will be in Milwaukee next weekend if you, if you really want to get a beer. Meet me at the Harp. There is no better place in this state. And trust me, my home is lacrosse. I love lacrosse with every fiber of my being. I, I think the, the people who live in lacrosse realize how awesome it is. If you've come to visit, maybe you haven't been blown away. You know, you come across the bridge and like, ah, there's a brewery, there's a part, little industrial. Oh, it's industrial. It's there's it commerce, there's jobs, right? But I understand maybe at first blush, lacrosse isn't the most attractive city. I love lacrosse. I think it's the best place in the state. But part of me is drawn to Milwaukee because I I think of a sunny afternoon, early summer, summer fest on the horizon. We got everything out in front of us. Let's go to the harp. Let's get a bucket of beers. Let's sit out on the patio, feel the sun on our skin. Brewers are on the TV. Maybe the Bucks are playing over at Fiserv. if we're watching on TV. Milwaukee River's right there. We're watching the bridges go up and down for the boats to go by. It's one thing that lacrosse doesn't have. Now, lacrosse has some of my favorite bars in the world, but they, they don't have the harp. The harp is, oh, Tony, I love that you mentioned the harp. 608 796 2558. Rock and Rick texts in. Says, how can you be sick of the pack? I believe the chemistry would be better, much like the crew is now. If you come to work and the boss, Aaron, isn't there, there's a domino effect and performance suffers. Yeah, we got clips of Jordan Love coming in for this first day of the offseason program, OTA. There's so many different functions in the offseason. They all have different names, and I can't remember what's mandatory and what's not. Aaron Rodgers always came to what's mandatory, uh, but he didn't come to some of the other things that a lot of Packers fans are fired up about jordan love being there it's not that i'm sick of the packers it's just nothing new has happened nothing to talk about rockin rick so i guess that's what i meant i'm not anti-packers i'm an owner come on you know me let's talk to david 608-796-2558 what's up david hello david yeah that's a good point no i no you're right i didn't think of it that way hey now you can't sit watch your mouth david you can't say, oh, I'm going to hang up on you, David. Come on, classier than that. By the way, seeing we, we are known to have a technical difficulty in the studio from time to time, he was silent. It's not that you couldn't hear what he was saying. I was, uh, I was doing a bit. Thank you for the call, David. I haven't seen The Godfather yet, if that's what you were going to ask. Uh, and I wasn't bad-mouthing Aaron Rodgers. So normally you call in to defend Aaron Rodgers when I'm being unreasonable. So I don't know, I don't know why you called, but if it was for one of those two things, uh, two things that you normally call about, uh, those are my two answers for those two things. We talked about three-point shooting for the Heat. G-Dub messaged in right before we got a call from Cone Roller, and we got on a string of, of phone calls there between Cone and Tony. G-Dub messaged in. He said, Grant, 60% from, from three. That's that's too much. Even with a healthy, honest, the Bucks aren't going to win. Look, I am never going to say the Heat won't shoot that good again. Well, that, that game's a one-off. I feel like we've been saying that since 2019, when the Raptors had a great shooting game in game three in overtime. I feel like since that game, people who watch and follow the Bucs are like, well, that won't happen again, and it keeps happening. I don't know what the Bucs did to curse the basketball gods, but teams seem to make threes against them, okay? So I'm not going to say the Heat won't shoot that good again from three. They might, but the difference now with this Bucks team compared to two years ago in the bubble when the Heat lit them up, the Bucs limit three-point attempts now. The Heat only shot 25 threes yesterday. So, yeah, you shoot 60% on 25 attempts. It's hyper-efficient, right? But they're still limiting attempts. It's not like they're giving up 40 threes. I went back and I found the box score for game one, Heat Bucks in 2020 in the bubble. In this game, the Heat took 31 threes. 31 still isn't a ton. They had higher totals throughout that postseason. For reference, if the Heat took 25 attempts every game they played, they would be last in the NBA in attempts from three by a wide margin Chicago is 30th they were last in the NBA this year at 28 attempts per three the Heat were a couple attempts under that so yeah the Heat made their threes but the Bucs still held tight to a lot of their principles from this year that allowed them to limit those attempts even if those attempts went in now I saw other parts of of the Bucks' defensive strategy and their execution that I didn't like we can talk about that let's try David again first one more time 608-796-2558 David are you there
0: I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah.
1: Now I got you loud and clear. What's up, friend?
3: Well, you know, I've been uh, watching, no surprise, the Rogers-Jets situation. Mm -hmm. And it's occurred to me from very early on that uh, we have some general uh, management going on here. Okay, That's what it seems like to me. If you and I could just do the first conversation when the Jets call... Uh, and they say that they'd like to go out and talk to Rogers. I'd be happy to uh, be. I'd be happy to describe what Kunst should have said in that very first conversation. Okay. Gudikunst is holding all the cards, and you're Joe Douglas. So, Joe, you just called. You, uh, you guys are interested and maybe going out to see Aaron Rodgers? Is that what you're calling
1: about? Uh, Well, yeah, Brian. You know, man-to-man, I I just wanted to give you a call and and be straight with you. We'd like to go visit him and and, and take his temperature. You know, see kind of how he's feeling about his future and and if he'd be interested in coming and joining us in New York.
3: You know, he's he's an MVP. Just a couple years ago, he won two in a row. So before we would agree to let you go out and... Talk to Aaron Rodgers. We'd have to have some very clear parameters on what you guys be willing to pay, okay. because there are other interested parties, oh, and especially if you're looking for the exclusive first shot to go talk to him. Oh. Uh, I need to know what you guys are really willing to pay.
1: Oh uh, well, you know he is an MVP, Brian, and uh, we're, well, Joe Douglas probably wouldn't say this, but we're in a pretty tough spot quarterback-wise. Uh, we just lost out on Derek Carr and. You don't really have a great quarterback on the roster, so what is it you'd be interested in? I, I, we're reasonable here; we, we can meet you halfway.
3: Well, I mean, obviously, we're talking about multiple picks oh, for sure, starters, sure. and there has to be a number one in among the multiple oh. picks. Oh. And so, right now, we're thinking about something like uh, a Lawrence Welk deal: a one, and a two,
1: and a three, <laughs> and a four. You made me break character. That's. That's pretty good. You don't think they did this, David, because the report was they had a framework in mind and the trade was basically agreed to until Rogers went on McAfee and said, I almost retired. I was 90 percent retired. So I think these conversations took place and very good acting by both you and me. I I think we nailed it. I think that's probably exactly what happened.
3: That sounds like a pretty good excuse to get out of a deal that we had. Now, look, I don't want to call you a welcher. But it sounds like you're going to go back on a deal where we had an agreement and we we put our cards on the table. We had an agreement. I understand it may not be legally binding, but if you think that people are going to deal with the Jets again when they find out that you make an oral agreement with another GM and then you back out, I know how much you guys need a quarterback. I know you guys haven't been in the playoffs. You're longer... You have been outside of the playoffs longer than any NFL team, and your owner has made it clear that the only thing you are lacking is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to go out and talk to him, I have to have a very clear idea of what you're ready to do. The Lawrence Welk deal is what we're looking for. <laughs> and if you want to do something less than that, you should be really clear with me about that right now.
1: Interesting. Well... I got about 60 seconds, David, before I got to take a break. I just wonder, that's probably a lot of the Packers' frustration, right? It's like we had a deal, and now you're going to go back. Hey, newsflash, Aaron Rodgers is weird, man. He thinks about retirement every day when he wakes up. That shouldn't be breaking news to you. I'm sure Goody is frustrated. He'll probably to let some, the Jets have it. I've got some – I do
3: have some good news, and that is that I heard a rumor that Brock Purdy said today that he may not be able to play in 2023, oh. and – And I've heard that the 49ers might well be interested. I know the Packers didn't want to send him to an NFC team, but if the Jets are going to pull this crap, it's time to start looking around. And would would he not be really thrilled to go back home? I don't think this is a situation where Aaron Rodgers would say, I wouldn't go play for the 49ers. They give him everything he wants, and he gets to go back home. So let's, let's start that rumor that now with Brock Purdy probably not going to play in 2023, uh, they're not ready to go with Lance, which means there's probably some interest there by the 49ers. Let's go call John
1: Lynch. I, I'm going to spread some misinformation on Twitter just based on this phone call, David. I appreciate you. I love the role-playing. I definitely want to do this again, role-playing with David. This is great. I do have to take a break. This go. So I know you yeah, yeah. I got it. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. You as well, <laughs> David. The very self-aware and time-cognizant, David. Appreciate your call. 608 2558 We'll take a three-minute break, wrap up hour one of the Wisco Sports Show. Next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
1: Sports show. My name is Grant Bills. Got about a minute here before we got a break. Get a sports update from Zach Heilberg. Great call from David. Great role playing. God, I love a good role play. Jason on Lower Tainer Lake texts in. Says, so, so obviously not going to win in the NBA, only shooting 20% from three. But right away from the beginning, they didn't try one time to take advantage of the mismatch of Struess on Lopez. Six foot eight, unathletic Struess on Lopez. Not one post-touch dum-dum-dum basketball. Yeah, I think. And I don't know exactly which juncture of the game this happened, Jason. I did not pick up on that mismatch. I know a lot of people did. I think there was a lot of scrambling once Giannis left the game. And I talked about that at the beginning of the show. Let's talk about that scramble. What happened when Giannis was removed from this basketball game? We'll kind of reset the show and start there after the sports update. Our two coming up next.
0: is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: You know, all the rage in sports talk these days. Sports and stuff. It's not just enough to talk sports. You gotta talk about stuff, too. And we mix in some stuff from time to time. Cone Roller and I had a nice conversation about succession. Good episode last night. I guess I just I, I want some more of the fun characters that we've met over the last three seasons to start getting in here. I feel like the last couple of weeks have been very heavy on Kendall, Roman, and Shiv. Alright, fine. They're the main characters. I get that. I, I want some more Stewie. I like Stewie. Good looking guy. That also helps. Good eye candy on the screen. I want Jared Mencken, the, the fringe fascist president, to come back. He was entertaining as hell. I want more Lucas Mattson. I want Alexander Skarsgård back. And I think we're, we're starting to pick up steam with some of those characters. Great Carl episode last night. Great Frank episode, too. Jerry, good as always. But Jerry's got a lot of runs since day one. So we did a little sports and stuff. We talked TV. Uh, for those music-inclined listeners, Eric Clapton announced uh, the Crossroads Guitar Festival lineup today. It's been a couple of years. I think the last one they did... 2019, 2020. I tweeted about it at Wisco Grant. You have your your classic Joe Bonamassa, Robert Randolph, Sonny Landreth. You know your classic you know, mainstays that have been there, done that. Albert Lee, um, a couple of names that I don't think they've had before. Stephen Stills is a massive W. Stephen Stills, very slept on guitar player. We all know Crosby, Stills, Nash. All oh, great harmonies. Uh, pay attention to what he's doing on guitar. It's pretty killer. Vince Gill being there. Vince Gill, underrated as always. Go listen to his Pure Prairie League albums. There's some unruly guitar stuff in there. The guitar souls and guitar parts, no business being in a 70s rock band, but it was. Uh, Ariel Posen's going to be there. That guy's awesome. Uh, John Mayer Trio Reunion, always a privilege when we get those three. And War on Drugs is going to be there. And I don't know if War on Drugs is at the last one. Adam is an awesome guitar player because he just uses a capo and a lot of effects pedals, which is kind of sick. <laughs> and I... I kind of like that he's there because he's probably not as he's probably not the monster that like Joe Bonamassa is. But I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a little over Joe Bonamassa by the year 2023. I've kind of seen his shtick. OK, so you can play really fast and wear sunglasses. Not hating. Maybe a little bit of hate. 608-796-2558. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Bucks lost in heat yesterday. We talked about that a little bit on the Brewers. Tony in Texas with a really good call about the weekend series against the Padres. And we even did a little Packers role play, impromptu role play with David. That's always fun. Let's talk to Eric on I-90, an early appearance, Eric. Normally you're a little bit later on in the 5 o'clock hour. What's up today?
4: Well,
5: I was just cruising along here and thought I'd give Grant a call. I was listening to the show and had to chime in on the Bucks and... Whatever else we
1: may talk about. All right. Well, what is you? Let's start with the game. Let's let's attend to business first. Yeah. Well, I'd be disappointed too. I was bummed out yesterday. I felt worse than a Viking boss.
5: Really? I did.
0: Wow. Look at you. You
5: know, it's and it's the first game of the series. So now we're going to have to play what seventeen for sure to win this
1: thing. Yeah. One more. Yep. Just add one more to the ledger. At least seventeen. You're crazy. You're correct on that. At least yeah. seventeen now, to win. <laughs> Damn
5: it. I would not play Giannis on Wednesday night. I would not.
1: Okay. Oh, you'd we, sit I him. would not
5: play him for the rest of the time through this series. If we can't beat Miami without Giannis, we got no
1: hope of doing it anyway. Interesting. Okay. I would agree. I Don't Eric, agree? I think I think I agree with you, and, and this is what I brought up with Cone earlier in the show. If the Bucks without Giannis were matched up against the Bucks or the, the Heat without Hero. And we knew both of those injuries to, to be true. It looks like Hero's done for a while because he broke his hand. We don't know about Giannis. If, if you told Las Vegas, no Giannis, no Hero, set the line, I think the Bucs were still favored, at least at home on Wednesday, right? So maybe you're onto something. Maybe yeah. Coach Bud, you know, get after his guys a little bit. He said, all right, Giannis is going to sit. If you guys can't go out there and beat this Heat team at home, down one game, nothing, then then maybe you're not a finals team. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's how he kind of charges them up before Wednesday. That's an interesting angle.
5: He's got to sit down, the coach. he got to sit down and look in the mirror and say, if I can't lead these guys through this series without Giannis, then I don't deserve to have a team that wins. It's on him. He's got to be able to lead these guys through this, and he's got plenty of talent. We went over that yeah. five weeks ago. How many people we got on this team we can count on?
1: Right? You went over it. Yeah, we did a trust tree. We did a trust tree.
5: Yeah. All he's got to do is look at the trust tree. We might have to send him that show. Yeah. You might have to send him that podcast. Say, listen, this is what everybody up in lacrosse thinks. Well, maybe you got to get on board.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny because Pat Connaughton is pretty high on my trust tree, Eric, and Pat Connaughton did not play a minute last night. So I don't know if my trust tree... syncs up with coach bud
5: yeah where was that jumping jack connington <laughs> jumping all over the place where was
1: he How i think he didn't play i think well i think coach bud's logic is you know if we're choosing between connington and Wes matthews and joe ingles well west matthews is out there because Giannis couldn't play and they needed the defensive help but if we're trying to decide between joe ingles and pat connington joe ingles just does more things Pat Connaughton's out there to hit threes and maybe get an offensive rebound. Joe Ingles can play make. He can pass. He can set screens. He can, his list is just longer. His toolbox is bigger. I, I think that's probably the decision making process. But Pat Pat hasn't been hitting threes this year. If he's not hitting threes, he doesn't have a whole lot of value. Eric.
5: No, you're right. The other thing too is that you kind of got the feel in that game. I mean, they came out pretty rusty. Yeah, they came out pretty slow. And then when Giannis hit the floor, I mean the the air went right out of the whole place, right? Yeah, it
1: really did. Yeah, not the surprising. Air went
5: right out of the building.
1: Are you there, Grant? Yeah, I'm there. Sorry, Eric. I, I thought you were going to add something. No, I, I'm, I'm right, and I, I, or you're right. Excuse me, I'm right too. But we're we're both right. I'm uh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm we're with both you. On, right. I'm with you on the crowd, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I think when we're done chatting, what's the condition out there on uh, on i90? Is it pretty nasty? I know the roads were pretty it's bad. It's pretty yesterday. nice. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice out here. Not all night. clear roads. The okay. This it was pretty
5: rough. Okay. Good. Pretty rough. Yeah. And you brought up coal roller, <laughs> and um. I don't know if it's necessarily a cone roller, but you know these barrels that they have out here? Those could be called cones, right? Barrels? Yeah. yeah. Those orange barrels they have on. They have a thing, a truck with a big bar on it that moves them from side to side, and it looks like a cone roller to me. Oh. It's just a big truck with a big bar. It's at an angle, and they just, those cones just go right over, like when they switch sides. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty cool.
1: It's good to know that Cone Roller is on, on the minds of people commuting on 90 and 94. Also, before I let you go, Eric, I was in the district this weekend. I, Coon Valley. You I skipped, were? I skipped Westby. I, I took Neprood Lane over to Cut Across Road or whatever it is. I came out on Three Chimney Road uh, right above Viroqua, and I even went down into Liberty Pole. Can you believe that?
5: Really? Yeah. Well,
1: that's really a nice trip, then. Yeah, nothing. What not did bad. you do? Just, I went fly fishing.
5: You went fly fishing down in that area. Just on nice. Saturday,
1: yeah, before okay. it started getting nasty.
5: Good for you, Grant. You should spend as much time down there as you can, because you'll come back a better man every
1: time. I, I did. I feel much I better, be better, man. Better. I, I feel like the show has been very smooth tonight, other than me leaving you hanging a minute or so. Guy, Eric, I gotta, I gotta move on. But man, it was nice to hear your voice.
5: Hey, have a nice night,
1: Grant. You as well, Eric, and travel safely. I saw there were some closures on ninety four I hate to think you stranded out there so far from home and far from your lovely bride as as you call her the crowd was a little sluggish team was a little sluggish here 's the thing because I see a lot of bucks fans complaining oh the crowd sucked and i've been guilty of that too complaining about the Coles center I just i don't think it's a worthwhile conversation i don't think the energy and effort and the the intensity early on i, I don't think it's a worthwhile conversation the bucks hadn't played a meaningful game of basketball in Week and a half, right? So they're a little tired, they're a little sluggish, rusty, both physically and mentally, as we talked about on the Thrill Michaels show earlier today. Now the Heat have been playing basketball, meaningful, must win basketball. They played Wednesday and Friday, then they had the night off, and then they came up to Milwaukee. They're in playoff mode, they're in must win mode already. Now, first quarter was a little slow for the Bucks, and the Heat looked pretty dialed in. They were up 24. Now, over the course of the second quarter, I thought the Bucs were starting to do some nice things, wake up a little bit, kind of get into a groove, and then Giannis gets hurt, which sucks all the air out of the building. And now, Coach Bud and, and the other Bucks players, they're trying to scramble to figure it out and make things happen. Well, what do we do defensively? What do we do offensively? And if last night's game was five quarters long, the Bucs might have won right? Because they were kind of figuring things out. The Bucks actually won the fourth quarter. They only lost the third quarter by one point. It was really the first quarter where they played sluggish, understandably sluggish because they'd been off for a week. And then the second quarter, they lost by only four points because Giannis didn't play. I'm not going to crush the Bucks for coming out slow, for coming out a little rusty because they had reason to come out slow. They had reason to come out rusty. Keeping in mind also, the Bucks normally don't play well in game ones. Here's the thing. The game's four quarters long. The first quarter does not decide the game. Now, if your best player gets hurt in the second quarter, that will throw a wrench in things. That will make things more difficult. I think the Bucs were well on their way to winning this yesterday. Yeah, they came out a little slow. They haven't played in a week and a half. These games are not 15 minutes long. They're not a college basketball game where you have 20-minute halves and they go by in the blink of an eye. And the Badgers can go 10 minutes without scoring and, and it feels like 20 seconds. No, no, no. These games are long. They're methodical. There's quarter breaks. There's media timeouts. Coach Bud loves his use-it-or-lose-it timeout. Eric Name just wrote a really good piece on that. You ever notice in the fourth quarter, Coach Bud without fail, normally takes a timeout with about three and a half minutes left? Yeah, that's because if he doesn't take that timeout, he's going to lose it. Always taking timeouts, as many breaks, as many stoppages, as many opportunities to rest as possible. These games are long. So don't be so mad that the Bucks came out a little sluggish and a little tired. They haven't played in a week and a half. Of course they need to knock some cobwebs out. They were well on their way to knocking those cobwebs out before the best player in basketball and the face of the franchise went down with a back injury. All right. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just think Bucks fans a little bit, and, and all sports fans are guilty of this, but especially Bucks fans, we have a tendency to hyper analyze and hyper agitate ourselves. Well, he came out slow. No kidding. It's game 1 where they normally don't play well and they've been off for a week and a half. But if this game plays out the way that it naturally plays out where Giannis doesn't get hurt, I think the Bucks reel them in and win. I know that because they lost the third quarter by 1 point and they lost the fourth quarter or they won the fourth quarter by a point. Do you know what I mean? Like I I and it was just frustrating. And I was going back and forth a little bit with Ben Kenny earlier today. It's like, "Oh, uh, uh they came out so sluggish." Yeah. But a basketball game is so long, you're able to come out a little bit sluggish. That's factored into the math, the arithmetic of a game. Then your best player gets hurt, and it throws everything out of out of whack completely. Let's talk to Ridge Runner Mark 608-796-2558. What's up, Mark?
6: Hey, I uh, just got hey. a quick question. I'm not a basketball guru. Um, not either. Very much casual. You you were talking about how Yaz gets hurt, and then the coach and the Bucks were kind of scrabbling to figure things out. Yeah.
0: Is that something that they practice that they
6: should or would practice? We're like, okay, here's how we got to do things. If we lose this player or X player, or do they just not assume that mm. and just run what they run and practice what works? That, uh, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you'd
1: have to ask a coach and it would probably have to be in an off season setting where you get a coach who's really relaxed. And if you were asked him like, Hey coach, we're just curious. Do you practice contingency plans? Do you go over that stuff? Now, if I was a head coach and I was preparing for a playoff series, I wouldn't go over that, right? I would not waste time day-to-day preparing for playoff games if this guy gets hurt, if this guy gets hurt. Because now all of a sudden you have two or three different game plans and you're spending time on things, practicing things, going over things that may never be used, that may never work, right? Now, if Giannis, if it comes out today or tomorrow that Giannis is out for Wednesday, then they will put in a game plan for Giannis being out. It would almost be better for the Bucks if Giannis never played at all yesterday, right? Because then they could have gone in knowing that, and they could have made contingency plans. I don't think they sure. do a whole lot of planning, plan B, C, D, E, in case of injuries. I don't think that's that something sense. they spend a lot of time on, no. All right, on. Very
6: cool. Just That was just popped in my head. I'm give you a buzz, say hello, and ask that question. Thank you for the answer. Yeah.
1: Well done. Heck yeah. I don't know if it's correct, Mark, but I appreciate you. Have a good night. Got a tweet here from Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. At Wisco Grant, he says, I think what was frustrating to me was how bad Middleton played when they got within one point and he turned the ball over on back-to-back possessions. Okay, here's the thing Here's the thing with Chris Middleton. And I'm going to sit up straight for this. So if you hear me pausing, I'm shifting. Sometimes I put my feet up on the desk. Let me sit up straight for this. The way I watch Chris Middleton, I don't look at the stats. I don't look at the numbers. I don't look at the score. There have been nights where I've watched Chris Middleton and thought he looks really good. And then after the game, I checked the box score, and he's like three for 20, and his numbers just suck. But my eyes told me he's getting to his spots. He's rising and shooting the way he naturally should. He's making the correct plays. It looks good. The shots are falling. Last night, Chris Middleton's shots were falling, and the box score would tell you that he played really well. And don't get me wrong. If Chris Middleton hadn't hit a lot of those shots and he hadn't scored 30-plus, the Bucs would have got run out of the gym, and yesterday would have been way worse. So I'm not complaining about Middleton what I will say is if you just look at the box score I think you would be given the impression that Chris Middleton played a little bit better than he did because Mike I'm with you Middleton's 33 points were nice but I walked away from that game thinking yesterday and and while I was watching the game I was thinking man Middleton has had some really badly timed mistakes and badly timed turnovers where he threw the ball away or he lost control of the handle, or he tried to dribble into a double team like Tyler Wall and gave it up. Now, Middleton did a lot more good than bad, but a couple of the mistakes he made were just backbreaking. I'm with you, Mike. And that's something that, like, you look at the box score. Middleton had five turnovers. I don't know if that's a lot. Like, Jimmy Butler had three. Bam Adebayo had five. There are players that are higher usage. And Chris Middleton in a game like yesterday with no Giannis, he's going to have a higher usage. He's going to be doing more. He's going to be handling the ball more. So there's more likelihood for turnovers. My mind gravitated towards the mistakes of Chris Middleton yesterday more than the shots. And part of that is the the player that Chris Middleton is. Sometimes he loses the handle a little bit and he gets sloppy with passing. I think part of that was the situation too. I think of that uh, that video of, Oh, what's his name? The ump's name. Where uh, Terry Collins for the Mets comes out. Tom Hallion. Remember that video? You had your chance in the situation, Terry. Where Terry comes out and says, you got to give us a chance. You know what I'm talking about? I watch that video every couple of weeks. it makes me laugh. Part of it was the situation, Terry. The situation was Giannis getting hurt. All of a sudden, Coach Bud and and Middleton and Lopez and Drew got to figure out how they're going to divvy up his responsibilities. Because Giannis does so much. Giannis is the best player in the world. Giannis also has more responsibility and more impact than any other player in the world. On offense, he's responsible for a million different things. Defense, they've built their scheme and their situation around him, right? I think when Giannis got hurt, there was a little bit of a void. It's like, okay, well, who's going to bring the ball up? Who's going to facilitate? Who's going to be the ringleader? And I got a little too much Chris Middleton. <laughs> I got a little too much. Like Middleton brought the ball up when they went on a run. I, 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 to Mike's tweet, very distinctly remember a situation where the Bucks got within a point or two and then Chris Middleton's got the ball on a fast break and they got a chance to really do something get the crowd back into it and tie or take the lead and Middleton drove into a double team and just coughed the ball up I'm like what what are we doing Drew Holiday is my point guard of choice I want him initiating the offense I want him bringing the ball up I don't need a lot of Chris Middleton handling the rock and initiating the offense. Chris Middleton is on a string with Giannis. When, when Giannis is out in transition, I've seen Middleton throw some dots. Some three-quarter court passes. Some football-style passes. He can be really good. If it's not with Giannis, Chris Middleton is not my point guard of choice. He's not my initiator of choice. And, and I think there was a little bit of a panic. A, a little bit of a, a period of uncertainty after Giannis got hurt. And it was filled with a little bit too much Middleton. Jeremy and Scotty says they played 19 games without Giannis for practice. Yeah, True. But those games probably weren't must-win games against the Miami Heat. They maybe were games against the Hornets, right? The Knicks. Who knows? So, yes, they have played games without Giannis for practice, but all teams have played games without their superstar. It doesn't mean that 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 style of play in that situation is in their mind going into a playoff game. Let's talk to Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. What's up, Vagabond? How are you today? The
6: the drama. The drama? I can't believe it. Which drama? The drama. I was hoping you'd take the bait and be like, I know, Giannis is hurt. I'm like, no, oh, Greg's oh, oh. name has a question mark. Oh, 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 I see. Yeah. I, I don't I was, know. Uh, I was trying I, to do some misdirection, and you avoided it with,
1: with, <laughs> with grace. I, I might freak out on Wednesday. I might be a lot more dramatic if they lose again. We'll see. The Bucks have lost a lot of game ones the last couple of years. It's part of the playoffs.
6: Yeah. I was happy to hear, you know, a couple of Wisconsin radio uh, sports talk people, um, you know, kind of come around to the idea that, you know what, at the end of the day, coaches can only coach so hard, and he can't go out there and hit the three-pointers for him, mm-hmm. and he can't go out there and stay in front of the man, right, whoever it is, the proverbial yeah. man that they're guarding. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes the players just have to play, right? Yeah. Well... And one yeah. one
1: coaching, like I had a couple of things with Bud where you need to have Jay Crowder or Drew Holiday or Wesley Matthews. Like there were situations where it was just Chris Middleton out there guarding Jimmy Butler. Can't have that. If we can fix that rotation a little bit, that'd be great. I also thought just as a general strategy in the second half, the Bucs were really good around the rim, right? They were the opposite of the Wisconsin Badgers yesterday. Anytime they'd get inside the restricted area or the paint or inside the three-point line, they were really good. Problem was, they kept shooting threes, and I'm like, no, you need to take it to the paint. But then again, you also got to remember if you're not hitting your threes, the Heat don't have to respect you at the three point line, which makes it harder to go to the rim. I'm with you, Vagabond John. 90% of the time when fans complain about coaching, it's just players not executing, or it's shots not going in, or it's just
6: how basketball works. It's way too often. Yeah, and I suppose and we should cut Greg well. guard that
1: slack too sometimes.
6: Yeah, I was going to compare it to other sports as well. I mean, I spent about six months saying the exact same thing with the Green Bay Packers defense and Joe Barry, right? But uh, we don't need to go that far into Touché. it. I, I heard Ben Kenny say football is very, very different. I'm kind of thinking to myself, why? Why? Why are football players not supposed to accomplish their assignment in the same way that basketball players are? But anyways. Interesting. Um interesting. Did want to call out Buck's film room on Twitter real Ooh. quick. I know there's been some listener-on-listener violence. I don't know if that individual is uh, a listener, but... He's a caller. Know, He's a guest. He joins the show from time to time. Oh. Brian Sampson. Well, he posted a video, and this is just as bad as when, when people get the all-22 from football. And they, he posts one clip with Brooke Lopez giving Bam Adebayo space above the key. And I went and looked up because I was just curious, you know, and I got a lot of free time in the middle of my day. This is where I get my stats from. I looked on stat news and I saw that Bam Adebayo has shot 26 total times from the top of the key over the entire season. Mm -hmm. And maybe Brooke Lopez and the Bucks do a little bit more film study than, you know, Bucks Film Room. And maybe when he's criticizing Brooke Lopez for giving Bam space, past the free throw line. You know, maybe that's not the angle we should take as fans. It was just funny just watching. Because NBA fans, I think more than anybody else, think they know a lot about basketball. Yeah, They think they know a lot about their sport. Um, and it's just kind of funny to watch the reaction after one game. But I'm kind of with you. I'm not I'm not panicking. I don't think there's drama. I think everything's going to be fine, and I'm here for it.
1: I, I think so, too. I think the most likely scenario is with or without Giannis on Wednesday, the Bucks come out and they beat an average Heat team. In Milwaukee, and the series is 1-1, and it all starts to feel right with the world, at at least for a couple more days. On Buck's film room, so I read his piece at Forbes today, and he was talking about Brooke Lopez's drop defense, which is like the the basketball equivalent of of playing off the line of scrimmage, right, in in football, like we can play, oh, Jagger Alexander's playing eight yards off. Well, the basketball equivalent of that is Brooke Lopez playing soft drop coverage. And Brian's point that he wrote about today, and it's a good one that I agree with, is that they should continue to run the defense that's worked for them, but keep in mind the Heat have seen them a lot and they've played the Heat in multiple playoff series, so the Heat kind of know how the Bucks operate. So you need to change and tweak here and there, like show the Heat a couple different looks, maybe bring Lopez just a little bit farther out, just little changes, and that I agree, that I completely and totally agree with, hundred percent.
6: Yeah, I just don't know because to the other point is. Uh, the Bucks have seen the Heat a lot, and we've all watched the Heat all year, and they were not a jump shooting team all year. Yeah. So where that came from last night, I, 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 I fight back against the adjustments crew. I, I don't think we make a lot of adjustments. I think we say prove it, do it twice. Can you shoot above 50% from three twice? Can you hit all these mid-range jumpers twice that you weren't hitting all season? And I would lay off the adjusting because if you adjust and all of a sudden Giannis is hurt, can't play quite as good of defense in the paint, and now you have Bam Adebayo with confidence and room driving the paint, that scares me a lot more. If you have Jimmy Butler uh, all of a sudden finding angles and slashing angles, now, now it's a Heat team that, you know, now we're kind of playing to their actual strength. Yeah. I would, you know, they capitalized on what we thought was the weakness, and they had a really good shooting night. I would rather see, try to see them do it twice than... You know, change up our defense and allow them to then do what they've you know historically been good at, but who knows? We're I'm, just uh, commentators on our couch,
7: right
1: yeah, I'm with you to a degree in that I don't think that the heat will shoot that well again. They could still hit a lot of threes and score a lot of points, like these guys have shot well against the bucks. I think history is important in some of these matchups. Al Horford makes shots against the bucks, Chris Middleton makes shots against the celtics. I, I know there's no basketball reference statistic to, to quantify that, but it's real and it's a thing and you see it if you watch a lot of basketball. The same is true with the Heat. Like, Max Strus and Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson are going to hit threes on the Bucks. It's just a reality. I- I'm with you that the Bucks should make wholesale changes. Just little tweaks. You know what I mean? From game one to game two, let's move Brooke yeah. Lopez 18 inches more this way, and just be a little more aggressive here, and just just tweak, not adjust, not sweeping sea changes, but you know little things here and there that, like you said, us at home on our couch, we might not even notice. I think that's where NBA playoff series over the course of seven games are won and lost. The little changes that we might not even notice. Yeah.
6: The one thing that we will notice, and uh, the reason why the commenter last night, you know, saying that Tyler Hero might be a bigger loss. I do think, you know, it sounds like things are optimistic for Giannis to play in game two, which if he doesn't, that's fine. It means that, you know, we're really optimistic for games three, four, five, six, and seven, but Tyler Hero is likely out for this series. And to your point, uh, that's, that's a pretty big, uh, you know, kick to the kick to the gonads for the team's three point shooting ability. Obviously Duncan Robinson has history. So uh, who knows? But yeah, I look forward to this is the consider this, you know, me getting outside of my NFL and Badger takes and really trying to dive into the NBA for one. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Vagabond, John. Oh,
1: by the way, I saw a show with the Sylvie last week. You got to see Goose sometime. As a musician, as someone who just loves live music, and I know that you do, you got to see Goose if they're in town again. That band was one of the best live bands I've ever seen. That was kick-ass. That's,
6: that's a pretty high phrase.
1: I know. Well, I've never seen Ron's Supper Club, so I got I to gotta keep that into the – Consideration too. If I saw your band, maybe I'd feel different.
6: It's gonna, it's gonna be a while until we're playing in Madison again. I think our next show is in a couple weeks down in Chicagoland, uh, opening for a, a regional band. But yes, we'll we'll let you know, and hopefully we can get out to Lacrosse once one of these days.
1: If you do, I will be in the front row. Vagabond John, I appreciate you. I gotta run. Yep, later. Vagabond John at the Real Red Shed on Twitter. If you're interested in further interactions with one of our finest callers, some might say the finest caller some are saying maybe we should do an entire segment ranking callers i would push back and say that's a little barbaric i don't know if i want to do that three minutes and we're back on the wisco sports show
0: this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
1: Show. My name is Grant Bills. Callers are bringing it tonight. Uh, for that reason, I believe I, I looked at my clock. Our first segment of the second hour was 27 minutes long. We got Eric on I-90, talked to Ridge Runner Mark, and then Vagabond John is bringing us home. The rest of the show is going to fly because I still got two breaks to get in. Thank you to everyone who's called. My God, callers bringing it tonight. 608 796 On the topic of adjustments. Adjustments which is always uh, an interesting conversation to have. Jerry says, if you're better than your opponent, you make them adjust to you. Hashtag Bucks. Hashtag this is the way. Yeah, so Brian Sampson, a.k.a. Bucks Film Room, has become a little bit of a lightning rod today. Vagabond John calling him out. I feel like I'm feel like i going to be asked about that in our Monday media availability. I'm going to have to talk about a feud, which sucks, but whatever, I'll, I'll speak for the group on this. Bucks film room was talking about drop coverage and Brooke Lopez and how he was playing a little bit back, maybe a little hesitant, right? I don't think that—well, I, I actually, I know that Brian Sampson, a.k.a. Bucks film room, was not suggesting that they abandon that coverage completely or, or they do something different. It's just little tweaks. And we saw this in the finals run, too. Over the course of the finals and over the course of the playoffs, Brooke Lopez just inched up little by little. Didn't change the scheme they were running. Didn't change anything. Brooke just moved up a little bit, gave a little bit less breathing room to Bam Adebayo. Or, uh, I don't know, who would have been playing for the Nets then, who was playing center? I don't know, Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton. I, I don't know. You get my point, though, right? It's not these wholesale sea changes, just little tweaks, an inch here, 18 inches there, just little things. <laughs> And I'm with you, Jerry. When you're the better team, you make the other team adjust to you. That doesn't mean you give the other team things for free, right? And a couple times in yesterday's game, I'm like, don't just let Jimmy Butler walk up and take that. Don't just let him comfortably get to that spot. And Bucks heat is an interesting matchup because the Heat have seen the Bucks a lot. These two teams have met a lot, and the Heat are really well coached. They're smart. They find little edges and little advantages. So you can't just give them their shots. You can't give them the same things you've given them the last couple of years. Coach Bud and this Bucks team is going to have to find a way, little things here and there, just surprise the Heat here and there, find a way to mess with them a little bit. Don't need to change everything, but you can't be too predictable because a Heat team like this, they're really going to get you on that. Let's talk to Big Joe in Madison, 608 796 Hey, what's up, Big Joe? What's up, Grant Bills? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I thought of you the other day. Do you know why? What's up? Well, Blink-182
4: is playing at Coachella, and I was watching a little bit of the live stream. I figured they you did. would be, too. Oh, yeah. I watched that at one of my friend's house over the weekend. It was absolutely amazing. I told Ebo about it this morning, and he absolutely loved it, too. So, Would you go to Coachella, yeah.
1: Big Joe, if you were able to get a ticket and go out to the desert? I could see you putting on some glasses, maybe taking something. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see you.
4: I, I put on my uh, cool sun hat that I wear. Hell so yeah. So...
6: <laughs> I
4: love that. But, uh, no, Grant, I was was listening and I'm glad that you brought that up. So, uh, first things first, I'll get this off my chest because you answered my thing with the way, too. So, uh, any of the listeners that are listening to the Masson area, if you're going between Stoughton and McFarland, there's a speed trap, so slow down. Ooh,
1: now we all, now this is a show that backs the blue, too, Big Joe. So let's let's take it easy now. Let's let the law enforcement officers do their job. But I appreciate that. And
4: I, I appreciate our cops, too. Our law enforcement officials are awesome by yeah. coming to cops, though.
1: So. Well, you know, it's a term of endearment. I don't mean cops disrespectfully. You know, officer of the law, uh, you know, policeman, right. police officer, you know how it is. Policeman is a little bit—that's right. that's a little aggressive. It's 2023. It's not just men who enforce and keep our streets clean. All right, Grant. then my
4: next nice question for you, You're, you said that you wanted to rank college. How would you rank Big Joe? Well,
5: uh, Big uh, Joe,
1: here's the thing. You haven't been calling much lately. We used to hear from you a little bit. I've been often, really but... busy. And honestly, right. good I've been really you. busy, and I
4: apologize. No, no, no. no.
1: Good, good for you. You chase your bread. I know you're always grinding after it at work, but I figured because the Brewers are playing your Padres, maybe we'd hear from you this
4: week. Yeah, I mean, that's win win for me, though, man. I mean, it's sad that the Padres lost three of four. I mean, hopefully they can bounce back to me and all that. But hey, as long as the Brewers keep winning series, man, the Cubbies. As long as they keep keep losing too, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. You're getting Tatis back pretty soon, and he's raking in the minors. That's got to excite. Yeah, we're getting him.
4: Yeah, we're getting him on Thursday. So then we're playing the Braves this week, so that will be a good series. I know mean, we got the Braves and the Diamondbacks, so I like
1: that. And the Brewers are in uh, Seattle this weekend.
4: And and Big joke, yep, I'll be, That means we get. We'll be on 1670 the zone too. So I'll be listening to them tonight when I go to bed. You're damn right. Well, hell yeah. Uh, ah, Grant, Grant. I- my thoughts on the Bucks, buddy. Yeah. I knew going into the series, the Miami Heat, like I told you this morning, the Heat are always kind of the kryptonite for the Bucs. And Like Even like back in the day, it was always like... Series. I mean, granted, they're not going to shoot 60% from three all, all, every game, but when you're shooting like that, you're going to beat a lot of teams in the NBA. I don't care who you're playing, but uh, it's time for some of the other guys to step up. I mean, Middleton had a nice game, but... And, honestly Bobby Portis and uh, Lopez, they played the role, but they need to do a little bit more. Um, honestly, too, when the Bucks have, like, Joe Ingalls only shooting, like, 10% for three, that's not good. But uh, I don't think the series is over yet, Grant. I was telling one of my buddies it wasn't going to be a sweep. But uh, I honestly think it could go five, six, or seven, but I'm still thinking the Bucs you.
1: I am as well, Big Joe. I appreciate the call. Uh, enjoy staying up late. Absolutely. Good Bruce. talking to you, Grant. And you as well. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the Blink-182 set at Coachella. Yeah, I think those were good Bucks takes, Big Joe. I'm with you on that. He probably aren't going to shoot 60% again, but they could shoot 45, right? And that's good enough to beat the Bucks on any given night, especially when the Bucks are shooting 20% like they do uh, most of the time, it seems, in the postseason. So it's, it's a pretty reductive thing to just come out of yesterday's game and say, well, they won't shoot 60% again. Yeah, but maybe Bam Adebayo goes for 30. It's not like Bam was exactly cooking last night. I know he started hitting shots in the second half. He ended with 22. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, the Heat might not score 60 or shoot 60% from three again, but they might shoot 45, and and, and maybe all of a sudden Max Struess goes for 20 instead of eight. Like, these things balance out. You, you can't just assume that one team isn't going to do what they did in the next game because they very well could. Or maybe they do something better, or maybe they do something different. You just can't forecast these things. And it's lazy analysis to say, well, they won't do that again. Well, yeah, but there's a laundry list of other things that they could do and other ways that they could win. And I think the Bucks are going to beat the Heat. I think they kind of are going to beat them in five. Honestly, I don't think this game is, is dragging out. I don't think the series is going the distance. But that doesn't mean the Heat are just all of a sudden going to go back to sucking and not being any good on Wednesday. I hope that'd be great, but I certainly wouldn't bet money on it. Let's take a five-minute break. Come back. We'll start to put the finishing touches, as they say, on the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. We got about 10 minutes left. A lot of time. Oh, cover a lot of ground in 10 minutes. Bucks lost to the heat yesterday. I was really frustrated yesterday. I was really bummed when I woke up this morning. So I'm like, part of, this is gonna be so lame for me to admit, but I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way. I listen to a lot of sports podcasts. I watch a lot of sports TV, listen to a lot of sports radio. And sometimes the biggest bummer when one of my teams loses is that now my next day routine is shot. Because I either don't listen to any of my favorite podcasts or I have to listen to my favorite podcast talk bad about my team. It's a lose-lose situation. I'm either angry listening to my podcast or I'm bored because I'm not listening to my podcast. I didn't touch Simmons and Rossillo today. What did they say? Did anyone hear it? I did, however, uh, take my own interpretation of a Simmons and Russillo podcast. I did write a screenplay last night. Uh, it's two pages long. It took two screenshots on the Notes app. And it is my interpretation, my spin on Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons reacting to uh, that Bucks heat game. So if you want to give that a read, uh, peruse it, skim it uh, at your leisure. I tweeted it out, at Wisco Grant. Q, you tried to call, and if you're still listening and you want to call back, I'm sorry I was on break. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom and I, I don't know. I get up and stretch. I, I glued to this chair all day. So sorry. I, I missed your call over the commercial break, but if you want to call back, you can Tech says the worst thing about the Bucks loss is that it happened after MVP voting was over. If last night doesn't cement Giannis's importance to this team, I don't know what does. Interesting. I felt that way about the Bucks defense. Right. And, and we've talked a little bit about the ways in which the Bucks gave up three point shots and the Heat hit 60% of their three point attempts. The heat hit a lot of shots. The Bucs still did their thing of limiting threes. The Heat only took 25 threes, which if you put that over an 82-game average and the Heat took 25 threes a game, that'd be the lowest in the NBA in 2023 by a wide margin. Worse than the Bulls, worse than New Orleans, worse than the Hawks. The Hawks, weirdly, not a lot of three-point attempts for all the three-point shooters they have. So the Bucks limited threes. They just went in. The most concerning part of yesterday's game, and it's understandable, but it's concerning, is that they gave up a lot of looks at the rim, which is something that they never do because Brook Lopez is really good, but because Giannis is really good. You take Giannis out of there, Brook Lopez has more ground to cover. It's a little bit easier to get to the rack. That was the more concerning part of yesterday's game. And I think maybe the biggest the biggest element, the biggest factor, whatever you want to call it, the biggest thing that became of Giannis's absence was, of course, the lack of his rebounding and shooting. But on a team-wide macro basis, that he were kind of getting to the rim a lot. And that was, I think, even more detrimental than the heat hitting threes. As weird as it sounds, Q, what's up? Sorry, I missed your call. I'm glad we were able to get you in here.
7: Yeah, uh, can you hear me okay?
1: Oh yeah, I got you loud and clear. You sound great, Q.
7: Nice. So, I think that the the worst thing about this loss is that it happened before or after the MVP voting was was completed. Yeah. Because yesterday just completely proved Giannis's value to this team. And I was a huge proponent of Brooke Lopez winning defensive player of the year, but, um, the voters got it right. Like I feel like Brooke, he is very, he's probably like our MVP for the bucks this year outside of Giannis, but it's just amazing how much Giannis's presence just makes up for different. Um, I don't want to say failings, but just, just makes everybody around him that much better. Um, So in my mind, he is the true MVP of this league and and of the Bucs.
1: Well, and and something I was saying a lot earlier, Q, and and you can probably speak to this as well, and I know you go to a lot of games, Giannis is the best player in the world, and, and Jokic is also amazing, and Embiid is also amazing, but Giannis does the most things out of all of those great players. Like, Jokic on offense is unbelievable. Giannis is probably not as unbelievable as Jokic, but... The things that Giannis's presence allows the Bucs to do, the way that they can build a defense around him, build an offense around him, when he's removed, right, now you see Brook Lopez struggling to cover a lot of ground because he's only one man. And Drew Holiday, I, I didn't really feel like his defensive impact was great yesterday. So I, Giannis is the best player in the world, but I, I also don't know if we talk about enough how impactful he is. He does a million different things.
7: I mean, I think he's the best defensive player in the world. I think he has the biggest impact on the court night in and night out. Um, and I'm, I'm going to the game on Wednesday. I'm fully expecting him to be there. Um, but I like it would be very interesting if he misses time to see how Coach Bud would scheme around this. I still think that the Bucks could beat the Heat. even after spotting them again. Um, but like, it would be really fun to live in an alternate universe where we could see how it plays out. Even though I really, I don't want to find out, like I want Giannis back. Like, um, like it's, it's like, um, when somebody dies or, um, like you go through a breakup and you lose somebody that you really, really valued. And, you don't really know what you have, what you had, until it's gone. And yeah. I feel like um, hopefully there's a lot of Bucks fans that aren't taking Giannis for granted today. Um, and that being said, people give Coach Bud a break. He lost his best player, and we still didn't lose by 20 points. Um, and I, I feel like Coach Bud is always slow to show his cards in any series. Um, and there was no reason to show any cards last night when um, he was didn't have a full deck. So uh, yeah. give Coach Butt a break.
1: I'm, I'm with you on giving Coach Butt a little bit of a break because I, I think we assume that all these coaches are these mad geniuses that have a million different game plans and million adjustments. And that's, that's kind of not how it works. Like sometimes the players make plays, sometimes they don't. I don't really think the coach has as much impact as we sometimes think. I think it's a lot of little things, and if Giannis isn't available for Wednesday's game, I think Coach Bud changes a couple little things, goes into the game with a couple new ideas and different tweaks, and I obviously think they'll be much more prepared to play without Giannis on Wednesday if if he's not able to go. Q, have fun at the game on Wednesday. Can you call and, and give us a report after the fact?
7: Yeah, can I ask you one question? Yeah, we got a minute. Uh, So I saw a tweet from you saying that Pat Connington would be the answer. What, like, What is the – I, I saw a lot of people clamoring for Pat. Can you just, like, fill me in on, on the why Pat is the answer right now? So,
1: I'm sorry if my tweet came across that way. I guess I just forgot about Pat yesterday. And when I went to look at the box score today when I got in, I was like, holy smokes, Pat didn't play. That's right. I I no problem with that. I, I guess I just – it's not something I noticed yesterday. I don't think Pat's the answer to anything right now. I I just, for someone who's been a piece so long for Coach Bud, I was surprised he didn't even get any run yesterday. No problem with it, though.
7: Okay. My my bad. I was grouping you in. There's there's all over Buck's Twitter, there's people saying that Pat um, not playing was a big reason we lost yesterday. I, I guess I might be in the minority, but I, I don't. I think it's like a win that Pat didn't play. No. I, I thought that. Uh, I thought that Bud would use him as this year's security blanket, just like he has with uh, George Show in
1: the past. So, no, and but, I, I think Giannis, I don't know. Giannis going out, that meant a little more West because they needed more defense for a guy like Butler. So it was a weird game, but no, I have, I have no problem with, with no Pat. I got to take my last break, Q. It was nice to hear from you. All
7: right. Bucks in six still. <laughs>
1: Bucks and six, Q. Have a good time at the game on Wednesday. Appreciate you calling. That's our friend Q in Milwaukee. Three minutes. We'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. <laughs>
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Got about a minute left, and I think I can best use this minute with a simple PSA. So I, I want us to remember this moment in time today. All of the NBA playoff rounds have started. We got one game under our belt in all these series. Now tonight, we'll start in game twos. We're going to have Nets, 76ers, Warriors, Kings. So forget about tonight and just think about this weekend. A couple of interesting results from the weekend starting on Saturday. All right, the Knicks beat the Cavs. Little unexpected. The Kings beat the Warriors. Now, I think the Kings are going to win that series. But maybe they don't. And I think a lot of the public thinks that the Warriors are going to win that series. Yesterday, yeah, the Heat beat the Bucs. Lakers beat the Grizzlies. Clippers beat the Suns. I think some of those results were unexpected. I guess my question is, are we going to look back at this moment in time right now and be like, oh, remember when the Heat won a game and the Lakers won a game and the Clippers won a game? Yeah, it turns out the Suns were way better. The Grizzlies were way better. The Bucks were way better. I, I wonder how we look back at this moment in time when we had some unexpected game one results ponder enjoy the games tonight basketball brewers talk tomorrow for